will bless you richly. So good to be with your fine youth president, Brother Dudley, and his wife. We have grown to appreciate them over the last several years that uh, we have served together in the youth work of the Lord. And we appreciate these folks, and they've got uh, a wonderful spirit. I know you love them, and uh, we're just so happy to be associated with them. And then brother and sister Nance picked us up at the airport today, and we appreciate that so very much. And uh, fine-spirited people. And it is a pleasure to have my mother and father here tonight in service. Uh, we don't get to see each other very often um, in Augusta, Maine, and they're in Collinsville, Illinois. And so it's a real treat to have them in service with us tonight. Praise God. Now, I've been preaching a revival since Sunday night, and my voice is feeling a little bit of strain. So you just pray tonight that the Holy Ghost would touch that voice and anoint it by the Spirit of God. Praise God. My solid rocket boosters are starting to ignite right now. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord.
I trust that Kansas is not worshipped out. Oh, we just getting started? How many wants to have church tonight? I could use a bass player if the bass would come back, please. Man, it's getting ready to smoke in here. Because the Spirit of God is here. It's holy smoke. Why don't you just kind of relax and begin to worship God just a little bit more. And we'll preach in just a minute. This is in the key of G. Can you worship in the key of G? For glory, this train. This train is bound for glory. This train. But now this train is bound for glory. If you're gonna get to heaven, you got to live holy. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train only has one station, this train. This train only has one station, this train. This train only has one station, Acts 238 Salvation. This train only has one station, this train. Call aboard New Jerusalem! Can ride this train, this train. Anyone can ride this train, this train. Anyone can ride this train, but you gotta get on in Jesus' name. Anyone can ride this train, this train. This train 
has been tempted and tried this train anybody been through some tribulations this train has been tempted and tried this train well now this train has been tempted and tried but one of these days Lord one of these days Lord one of these days over flames she's gonna ride this train has been tempted and tried this train this train is bound for glory this train the kind of service like the little lady that walked into the service took one look around she was a little bit late and she said Lord don't let me hurt myself this is that kind of a service where you could receive absolutely anything there's nothing you cannot receive from God tonight we're going to the book of Joshua, chapter 5. <laughs> I want to preach to you tonight for a few moments as the Lord leads on this subject. Victory, victory, victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you came in here under a heavy load tonight, my God has got victory for you. If you came here tonight feeling dismayed, dismal, dry, dirty, God has got a wonderful touch for you because there's victory in Jesus. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him art thou for us or for our adversaries 
And he said, Nay. But as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your wonderful presence. We're thankful for your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for the reality of your touch. God, in the name of Jesus, anoint, touch this congregation, touch this preacher, touch this voice. In Jesus' name, I love you, God. Praise God, you may be seated. Victory! Everybody say victory! 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 I'm so glad that God chose to allow me to live in the decade of the 90s. For in spite of the adversities and in spite of the problems that faced the church, we faced the greatest revival of all time, of any place. The apostles got to watch him leave, but I get to watch him come back. And I would particularly like to speak to the youth tonight. And I'd like to tell you that there has been a most deadly and venomous attack of the enemy upon the ministry to try to discredit and take away from any God-called pastor. If that pastor in the 1990s exercises his scriptural authority in guiding and shepherding his flock according to the Spirit of God, there are some that will stand up and say, Cult! Cult. Satan has paraded his Jim Bakers and his Jimmy Swaggerts before the cameras of the world in a well-calculated move to discredit the pastoral ministry that God has placed in the church. But I'm here to tell you, there will be no revival without God-called leaders and God-called young people gladly and willingly following the admonition and instructions as they are given. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for those that God has placed in leadership over us. Thank God that there's someone that can face the world and say, I have heard from God. I was in my prayer closet this morning and God spoke to me. Hallelujah. In this hour in which it seems like the spirit of the age is question authority. 
We'll get to preaching a little bit here. In an age in which people even paraded on their bumper, question authority. I'm glad that there are some apostolic young people marching to the beat of a different drummer. We wholeheartedly and gladly respect authority. We thank God for the ministry. We are so happy to be submissive to authority. And that is a great part of revival. And then to have a man of God that says to the Lord, What saith my Lord unto his servant? I believe that we have reached a place tonight in which we can truly say that the ground that we are standing on is holy ground. Now the Lord had done a work against Jericho. The scripture says that nobody came in and nobody went out because of the Israelites. It was not God's people that were having nervous breakdowns. It was the enemy that was having nervous breakdowns. There is an enemy that is afraid tonight of the apostolic worship that I have witnessed in this place. He is excited, upset, and concerned. But the Lord said to Joshua, I want you to compass the city. I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant that symbolizes the Spirit of God. I want you to take the priesthood, the ministry. I want you to take the armed men and let's march around the walls of Jericho. Let's put the ark right in the middle of everything. Let's put the ark in the middle. Let's have the armed guard in front and the rear guard behind. Let's put the ark of the covenant right smack dab in the middle. I feel tonight that the Holy Ghost wants to be in the middle of this youth convention. Hallelujah. My, my, my. <laughs> and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all, all. Now these guys have been preaching my message all night. I got a little bit left of it. Everybody say all. All the people shall shout. With a little shout. With a wimpy shout. With a little tender soft shout. No, it says with a great shout. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. They were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It appeared unto each of them. And they were all, everybody say all. They were all, everybody say all. Come on, get with me. They said all. All filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them a trance. 
Now I appreciate those that have been shouting and singing and dancing and running the aisles. But there's some rest of us here tonight that need some victory. There's the rest of us here tonight that need to get a touch from God. And when everybody begins to worship, when everybody begins to sing, when everybody begins to think about Jesus, there's a Holy Ghost. There's a Holy Ghost. There's a Holy Ghost explosion that's getting ready to take place in this place tonight. I'm just bold enough to do exactly anything that I feel to do whether I get invited back to Kansas or not I feel like this is a great district and this is a great time for everybody to get a hold of God what a shame to go to hell in a revival district what a shame it would be to sit in this church tonight and be Laodicean and half full and half empty a foolish virgin what a shame it would be Somebody said, I, I, I just don't believe there's much relationship between the physical and the spiritual. Do you believe the Bible? I'm preaching to somebody that's going through a trial right now. There's somebody in this building that loves God with all your heart. But there's a little secret to revival I want to share with some of you. You should be able to tell it just by witnessing the worship of these others. But let me tell you something. There is an amazing link between the physical and the spiritual. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven days, once each day. And on the seventh day, seven times, the walls will fall. Naaman, go dip yourself in Jordan's muddy water seven times and the spots will go. Blind man, go wash thyself in the pool of Siloam and you're going to come for sin. Lame man, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Yay! You may think that we're not doing anything when we're dancing. You may think we're not doing anything when we're singing. You may think we're not doing anything when we're jumping and shouting. But I'm telling you, there's a link between the physical and the spiritual. You say, what are you accomplishing? Friend, if you could just have your eyes open to the spiritual world, you wouldn't even ask that question. The original saints didn't play in New Orleans. They prayed in Jerusalem. Their zeal for Christ made them known as fanatics from which we get our word fan. Our word enthusiasm comes from their extreme devotion to the church and originally meant God within. However, centuries of distortion and tradition have corrupted worship into an event so staid and stately that only the stuffiest of souls find much satisfaction in some modern day services. What we need to be is Jesus fans. Give me fans any day. 
Every Sunday is a Super Bowl for saints as they stand up to battle Satan. When you get this Holy Ghost I've got, you don't drag into the church. You come marching into the church. It'll give you victory over your marital problem. It'll give you victory over your family situation. It'll give you victory over your finances. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. If we're ever going to defeat the devil, Kansas, and we're going to have a statewide revival, we've got to pray, Lord, make us fans. All of us. You say, Lord, preacher, I couldn't handle it if everybody here was fans. Oh, listen, friend, let's try it and see what happens. Fans arrive early. They seldom wander in during the third inning or the second quarter. In church, some seem to straggle in and straggle out. God, give us fans. Fans don't care when they get home. They love extra innings and sudden death overtimes. They're not pew warmers worried about pot roast and beating the Baptist to Bonanza. Lord, bring on the fans. Fans are vocal. They don't sit and spectate. They participate. When the children of Israel were marching around the walls of Jericho, Notice there were some standing complacently on the walls and notice what direction they went in. There were some participating, walking around the outside of the walls and notice what direction they went in. After the third resounding amen, the deacon asked the visitor if something was wrong. Oh no sir, I've got the Holy Ghost. Well, you didn't get him here. Lord, we need fans. Fans can endure anything. Football at 40 below. Basketball when it's hot enough to boil a bat's brains. Some spectators at Sunday services are too much like the farmer's pump. Froze up in the winter and dried up in the summer. What we need is fans for Jesus. I don't believe we can get too excited about God. I don't believe we can get too excited about God. I don't believe we can get too excited about God.
Please be seated. Let us be careful that we do not get the spirit of David's wife who said, how foolish is the king making himself in front of Israel today. Remember God cursed her and said, you will be barren. I'm telling you that the church that restricts worship and restricts spiritual adoration of the name of Jesus and physically getting with it will be spiritually barren. Is this okay, Brother Dudley? I believe that a saint who sits on a pew and holds others in contempt because they danced on your blue suede shoes will be spiritually barren. I've watched people who suddenly get a critical spirit and sit back and put their hand over their mouth and whisper some sarcastic remark to their neighbor about that fanatical person who just went running by them. And I've watched that person as they begin to lose out with God. I've watched them as they lost their joy. I've watched them as they lost their peace. And I've watched them as they fell out of the kingdom of God. Don't you ever be contemptuous of spiritual worship. You may not understand it, but leave it alone. It's of God. Don't you bother it. And if anything really does get out of line, that's what God placed the pastor in the church for. If he says sit down, he's in the Holy Ghost. You better sit down. Fans want the best seat in the house. The closer to the action, the better. Disciples bargain for the back seat. Bootleggers roll. Fans never miss a game. They want to see it. They want to watch it. They want to read about it in the newspaper. They can't wait to get to work to talk about it again. Sunday saints arrive grudgingly. They listen sparingly and leave hurriedly. God knows that they're not fans. Seriously, there's something out of whack. If you can get more excited about a white ball sailing over a fence than you can about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the God of Gods who created you and made you in His likeness and in His image. Hey, listen, friend, we've got something to be excited about. I want my trombone man to come up here. Bring it out. 
Come on on up, gentlemen. Guys, you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, so would you get two by two, please, sir? And the inside arm ought to be up. There you go. I've turned this thing into a ram's horn. Go ahead, stand right there. to tell you something that the people of God are different we don't war like others war we don't fight like others fight we don't try to settle our grievances with these there was a time in the past when we walked according to the prince of the power of the air and we warred according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. And the world can't quite understand these crazy Pentecostals. I see a trumpet up here. We'll, we'll take another trumpet player. Good, double time it, sir. And it was so that the people of God approached Jericho and they had been instructed that they were not to say anymore. And they were to be completely quiet. I'm reading from the scriptures until the man of God gave the word. But the guy with the ram's horn gets the privilege of playing while we march around the wall. Now this is a big auditorium, fellas, so I want you just to pick a small section over here. And we'll say that that's the city of Jericho for now. Now the Lord has said that we'll carry the ark and we're going to go and we're going to march around the city. Would you come stand beside the trombonist, please, sir? Guys, try to find the same note. And let's march. Let's go around this section right here. Go ahead and go. Don't say nothing. Just start playing and tooting. And it was so while they marched around the walls of Jericho, blowing the ram's horns, that the people of Jericho said, all men to your battle stations. Let's get the battering rams. Let's get these catapults back. You archers, get your battle stations. You spear throwers, hurry, get on the wall. We're about to have an attack.
Please be seated. Wait right there, gentlemen. No, take it back. Brother Dudley, that was one time around. Keep marking time for me, will you? Keep playing, uh, marching, but just play lightly for a minute. Go ahead, you're doing great. Oh, not that light. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to intimidate you. It was so on the first day that they marched around, and the second day they marched around the walls again. This time the people of Jericho quickly grabbed the catapults and heated the water and the oil if they had it. And the archers stood tense and ready with their arrows poised and spearmen threw ready with their spears ready to throw. Everything was ready to go. But once again, at the end of the second day, there was no attack. And the people of God simply went back and had their lunch. While the people of the world were having a nervous attack. Ladies and gentlemen, I serve a God that gives us peace above all understanding. In the midst of crises. In the midst of a gulf crisis, in the midst of a world crisis, the apostolics are still trusting in God. For some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Whoa, hold up. Just freeze in time for a moment. Everybody be seated. But by the fourth day, which is what they're going to march around now, just go ahead and march without the horns this time. In our minds, we can hear them. The fourth day, they started saying, there they go. Yeah, they're afraid of us. They're trying to psych us out. They've come up here. We've been ready for them. We have the old one-two sounds almost like Saddam <laughs> they're afraid of us man they're marching around these walls but you notice they're not throwing anything at us yet and look at them they're strange they're peculiar they're different they dress different They look different. They don't do like we do. We would normally be already battering at the walls and the arrows would be flying, but these people are different. I've never seen anybody like these people. And you know what? I hear that they serve only one God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works 
but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a one-of-a-kind people, a unique people, a different people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I won't stop but a minute, but I want you to know that this preacher believes from the top of my head to the sole of my feet that God's people is a peculiar people, a separated people. We don't look like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't dress like the world. We're a different people. Commence with the horns, fellas. I think I can keep up with you. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, lodged in the camp. Seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark went on continually, blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. Now there was probably somebody that said, I can't believe it, I just got Nathan little Nathan to bed and these guys are blowing these trumpets I can't stand the noise these people are too noisy they blow those trumpets I wish they wouldn't be so noisy sounds kind of familiar doesn't it why can't they just be quiet like and just be very reserved and dignified and pretend we're in a morgue why can't they show respect for me after all I'm dead but no 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 these Pentecostals they show no regard for nobody they put worshiping God first they don't care if the mayor's there they don't care if the governor's there they don't care who's there they're gonna worship God and they're gonna worship him loudly Whoa! This went on for six days. You talk about noise. But on the seventh day, they compassed the city about seven times. There are some folks that would live for God if it wasn't for the price of discipleship. Who wants to march around the walls of Jericho seven times? That's a large place. Who wants to get all sweaty and go home from church feeling like you've been to work? You know, I'd like to live for God, but I'm afraid of what it might cost me. You see, in one sense of the word, salvation is a free gift. But if you would follow on to know Jesus after receiving that free gift of salvation, there is a cost of discipleship. But by the way, it's still less of a price than you'll pay to go to hell. Jesus said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. 
I had to make up my mind when I started living for God that whatever it costs me, I will live for Him. I had to make up my mind, young person, that if mama decided not to live for God, that I was going to continue to live for God. If daddy decides he's not going to live for God, I'm still going to live for God. If wife says, I'm not going back to church, I'm still going back to church. If husband says, I'm not living for God, I'm still... Her long false eyelashes batted at me. She walked up to my desk and she said, Brother Stoops, I've never been so close to God in all my life as I am right now. I looked at that woman and the Holy Ghost told me, Lady, what you've got is not what I've got. I felt something cold like ice water going down over me and I realized that that particular woman had come under a deception and a deceiving and was no longer even capable of knowing truth she had walked away from it I want to say to you young people and I hope that I'm being understood God will bless people on their way to truth God will bless people as they make their way to this apostolic message but if you think for a minute that you can turn around and go back down to where they are. You'll find Ichabod written across your soul. There is no going away from truth that God will bless. God will bless people as they make their way to truth. But never when you begin to desert the old path and the old ways, you'll find the curse of God instead of the blessing. You see, the spirit of the age is, I'll take God's best but I'm going to shop around for the best deal. I'm going to find me a church that costs the less and gives the most. It's just like shopping at a supermarket. I'm going to find the sale. I'm going to tell you something, friend. The Spirit of God says, I won't offer God something that costs me nothing. I'm so pleased to see an apostolic crowd here tonight. I'm so pleased for all of our visitors, and I hope I don't offend anybody. I'm so thankful for what God is doing. But let me tell you, what we've got is precious. What we've got is rare. It's a rare jewel. We cannot afford to allow ourselves to buy the hogwash of doctrines that are floating around in our world today. We've got to stick with the old path of repentance from dead works. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues and then a life of holiness and separated from the world and separated unto God for his service. And let me just tell you there is no other way. Guys, this time I want you to march around. I want you to blow good and loud. I want you to march right up on the platform when you've gone one time around and stand right behind me on the platform. Let's go. This is the seventh day, and this is the seventh time. And the people are sitting ho-hum, chin in hand, 
and saying, we've seen this before. These crazy Pentecostals, these crazy one God people, marching around our city, ha, 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 ha. They're not going to take our city, bless. They're not going to take our city. No way. They're not going to have a one God Jesus name revival in this city. Uh-uh, this city belongs to me. No, they're not going to have revival. Their young people's not going to fire up. No, they won't give up the world. They won't give up the world. But they came to the seventh time. And they stood and they looked at the wall. And they looked at their leader. And they looked at the wall. And they looked at their leader. And they looked at the wall. And they looked at their leader. The leader stood poised and confident. He had heard from God. He said, when I give you the signal, I want you to make one long blast on the ram's horn. And then when I give you the signal, I want you to shout. For the Lord hath given you the city. Kansas, this is our day. We've taken second seat long enough to the charismatics. We've taken second seat long enough to the mainstream denominationalisms. We've taken second seat long enough to those. And they've all tried their methods. And nobody has been able to solve the problem of drug addiction in Kansas. Nobody's been able to solve the problem of alcoholism in Kansas. Well, bless God, stand out of our way. We've got something we're going to try. I'm going to ask you something. When did they shout? Did they shout when they saw the wall falling? Did they shout after the wall fell down and with glee they jumped to their feet and began to shout? No. While the wall was still standing, they began to shout. I'm talking to a mama tonight. I'm talking to a daddy tonight with a lost child. I'm talking to a brother and a sister with a lost brother or sister. I'm not asking you to shout after God does it. I'm asking you to shout before God does it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm almost finished, but not quite. So many times we wait for the miracle and we promise, God, I'll give you the glory for it if you'll do it. God, I'll give you the glory. Wait a minute. What do you mean if you do it? Give him the glory for it before he does it and you'll see it happen. Hey, listen to me. 
How would you worship right now if you saw your unsaved husband walking down the aisle to this altar? How would you worship right now if you saw your unsaved son or daughter or your unsaved brother or sister walking down to an altar and talking in tongues? How would you worship right now if you saw your grandmother and your grandfather stepping into the water and the preacher saying, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? I got two brothers that are still outside the church, but I'm going to shout for them tonight, Mom. I'm going to shout for Larry. I'm going to shout for Ronnie tonight because God is able to save those unsaved boys. I'm going to shout and say the Lord has given us their soul. The Lord has given us their soul in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Sit down. Sit down. I'm all through begging God. I'm all through saying, God, please, God, please. Fear moves the devil, but faith moves God. Fear moves the devil, but faith moves God. Begging doesn't move God a bit, but faith will cause God to say, Woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Faith will cause God to say, be thou made whole. And for you here tonight that are dismayed by our shouting, for you here tonight that are horrified by this particularly energetic style of worship, I want to read to you a few more scriptures. The scripture says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Why? Because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I heard from God today about Kansas. I want you to know it's time for us to begin to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise you the Lord. 
sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice. Let Israel rejoice. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Give me a couple more minutes. You guys are doing great. Hope your arms aren't getting too tired. I believe they looked over the wall. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my strength. My strength cometh from the Lord. You know what the devil's trying to do to you, apostolic? I'm talking to somebody personally right now in the Holy Ghost. The devil would like to get your problem perched right in front of your eyes. So that all you can see is your problem. I dare you to put your eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. I dare you to begin to say, God, there's a problem, but you're bigger than the problem. I dare you to say, God, she's lost and she's lost bad, but you're a wonderful Savior. Joshua said, now everybody listen. It's going to come to pass that when you hear the sound of the trumpet and the people shout with a great shout, I tell you of a truth that the wall is going to fall down flat. And you're going to march up over the fallen wall straight ahead of you. And God will work a glorious victory in the sight of all Israel this day. I got a call one day. Little place out in the country. Please come, my husband's dying. Walked in that little mobile home and there was a man laying in the back bedroom. His lungs eaten up with emphysema. I knelt beside him and put my hand up on him and, and prayed. I talked to him about the Lord and I asked him, have you ever been baptized in Jesus' name? He said, no. I said, you need to be. Now, preacher, be real. This man is dying. That's why they called you out here. You're not about to put him in water. You'll kill him. He said in a sobbing voice, I would like to be baptized. I called up Delta Ambulance and said, I've got a person here that wants to be baptized before they die. Would you come? No way, Reverend. I called up another ambulance. No way, Reverend. I said, I'll be back, Tom. 
got in a pickup truck, went down the road, found a farmer with a horse trough. Me and my assistant pastor, he's six foot six, weighs about 300. We set that horse trough in the back of a pickup truck and we drove it out in the country. Carried that horse trough into the living room, filled it up with warm water. And I said, Brother Stevens, let's pick him up. Came into the living room. This man needs to be baptized before he dies. You see, that's the way I believe it. That's the way the Bible teaches it. <laughs> yeah, the devil was saying, you fool, you fool. We started to pick him up and his skin ripped. He had laid in bed so long that his skin was very, very tender and fragile. And you know what I'm talking about. Just to take your finger and move it across his arm and the skin would peel back. He screamed out in pain. Tom, do you still want to be baptized? Yes. Okay, Brother Stevens, let's grab this sheet. We picked up the sheet. Brother Stevens got his great big arms underneath him and carried him like a baby. Portable oxygen tank. Wife trotting along behind with a portable oxygen tank. Oxygen apparatus hooked to his nose. Set him down in the water so weak that he could not sit up. Brother Stevens held him up. I prayed over him. I said, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He went down under the water. I lost his nose. And the devil said, now you've killed him. He came up out of the water. Not one bit of water had gone up his nose. Little miracle. Brother Stevens got his arms around him. His white shirt was red with blood. He carried him through the living room, into the hallway, and I heard him beller, Brother Stoops, and I saw that big man go down to his knees, and I run over and got underneath just before Tom hit the floor. Together, we carried this man to his bed. We got his head where his feet were supposed to be, and his feet where his head was supposed to be. We had his feet elevated and his head down because that's just as far as we could get him. Furthermore, we found out that his oxygen had not been working all that time, and he'd been doing something that he was not supposed to be able to do. He was breathing without oxygen. I looked at Brother Stevens. The front of his shirt was red with blood. I looked at Tom laying there. Something got a hold of me, Brother Dudley. I laid my hand upon that man's head and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Tom started speaking in other tongues. You crazy Pentecostals. You say, did God heal him? No. Two weeks from that day, he died. But he came across the path of an apostolic before he went on. You say, why are you telling that? I'm telling it because there's somebody here that the devil's been lying to you and saying this situation's impossible. God can't do this. This situation is beyond help. I'm here to predict to you and to prophesy in the Holy Ghost that there's no situation that's too hard for God. There's no situation that God cannot do. There's no person that God cannot save.
you quit believing the lie of the devil and start believing by faith that God is doing it right now. I want you to know that God's able to send his angel right now to the place where that unsaved loved one is. God's able to send his only angel and rock that bed back and forth tonight. When my grandmother got the Holy Ghost, she came home and grandfather said, you don't have to tell me what happened. You don't have to tell me what happened. This bed's walked all over the floor with me tonight. You don't have to tell me what happened. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of God knows no barriers. The Spirit of God knows no barricades. The Spirit of God cannot be held back by a prison cell. The Spirit of God cannot be held back by a hospital wall. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm trying to tell you God can do anything. Dear God, are you ready for this? I know you are, Lord. I meant you folks. Are you ready for this? Okay. I want you to think of what it is that you're needing right now. I want you to think of the individual you want saved. I want you to think of the kind of revival that you believe God is able to give you. And you that don't have the Holy Ghost, I don't have to have you come forward. You can receive the Holy Ghost in your pew. You can receive it right now. I want you to begin to think right now of the problem that you would like to see God resolve. Are there any wives here with unsaved husbands? Please stand. I've seen some of you already. I could feel in the Holy Ghost. God's got a miracle for you. You two ladies right here, if you believe God, God's got a miracle for you. How many husbands are here with unsaved wives? You stand. You have an unsaved wife. How many mamas here with an unsaved son or daughter stand? How many brothers with an unsaved brother or an unsaved sister or sisters with an unsaved sister or a brother? You stand. You say, Brother Stoops, what are you fixing to do? Don't worry about it. We're in the Holy Ghost right now. The Spirit of God is prompting me right now. You say, this don't make a lick of sense. Don't worry about it. God knows what he's doing. And the rest of us that have a miracle that we would like to see God do, you stand. And if you don't need nothing, why are you here? Now you listen. Hold up just a minute. There's going to be a long blast on the ram's horn. And when I give you the sign, and I say shout, I want you to shout as though it were done. I want you to visualize your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, the revival that you need. I want you to visualize it by faith. It's done.
And if the Holy Ghost says dance, you go ahead and dance. If the Holy Ghost says jump, go ahead and jump. But by all means, shout. For when I say shout, and you shout, we're going to say the Lord has given you the city. And I just believe that there's going to be a miracle take place. I believe it. I didn't get this message from myself. I got it from the Lord. I believe it. So everybody get real quiet. Shh. I'd like to have a long blast, just one tone. Hold it fairly long. Go ahead, gentlemen. Shout! Victory! 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 Oh, hallelujah! Jesus, I thank you right now. I thank you for a miracle tonight. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and lives and families that are represented here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Brethren, you can go ahead and worship now. I'm all done with the horns. Hallelujah. Asanda do raboko tala bahaya, siando rambohota dala boko sanda, ya sondo rambahaya. Satan, your kingdom just came down in Jesus' name. It's not coming down, it just came down by faith in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus' name. Satan, your kingdom just came down in Jesus' name. And the Bible says that the people marched every man straight up before him. One of these days, the trumpet of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we're going to march up every man straight before him. And it could be that there will be some who will say, there they go. 
There they go! Victory, victory is mine. Somebody, pray the prayer of faith right now. 